Today is Wednesday, February 7th in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm Anna Grace Legband, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, When the Presence of God Meets the Mission of God. Let's hear the word of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 3 to 5. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now consider this. As I read our text today, I'm struck by the phrase, surely you will summon nations you know not. How does one summon nations they don't know? The remainder of the sentence provides some insight. Nations you don't know come running to you because God has endowed you with splendor. In other words, these nations are summoned not by declaration or invitation, but through attraction. There's something about the people of God that is attractive, that stands out and draws in. It's like a light or a city, as Jesus put it, on a hill in the midst of darkness. I'm reminded of a video that I stumbled upon a few months ago where a man shares a story about a time that he got a haircut. Um, I'll link the full video in the text, but I'll provide a quick summary for you. At the end of his haircut, he mentioned something about going to church. And the barber responded by saying, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but I've been experiencing bad anxiety about something for the last few weeks. And it's just been increasing over time. And today it came to a head. You know, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to make it through my work day. But the moment that you sat down in my chair, the anxiety just went away. I feel a real peace now. Reflecting on the situation, the man who received the haircut jokes about how he wasn't really feeling particularly spiritual or holy in that moment. He was just there to get a haircut. But then he makes a great point. Sometimes I don't think we realize what we carry. 
When we talk about the mission of God, we tend to only focus on the command to go. Now, this is good and right and biblical, but we forget that at the same time, go is spoken to the church by the spirit. Come is spoken to the world outside of the church. Sometimes we may feel hesitant or cautious when it comes to mission because we don't want to offend people or we're not sure how they will respond. And the hurt that many have experienced from the church has certainly not helped the situation. But it's almost as if we've forgotten that human beings were designed for God. God created humanity to enjoy relationship with him. What we offer is good. Who we offer is good. People are not just designed to know God. They're desperate to. Now, there's a place for persuasion and apologetics and logic in evangelism. And I'm thankful that our faith tradition is supported by philosophy and reason and for all of the brilliant men and women who have done significant work in these areas. But when it really comes down to it, the best thing that we can offer is not a case for God's existence, but Christ in us. This is a way of thinking about evangelism that's focused on presence. Not our presence, but God's presence in us. We began our journey on the wake-up call with one another in the beginning of Isaiah 55 with the invitation to the thirsty. In John 7, Jesus poses a similar invitation, but he paints a bit of a wider picture for us. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whomever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus tells us, he promises us, that the thirsty become vessels for the river from which they drink. As one of my seminary professors put it, to participate in God's mission is to be caught up, filled up, and poured out for the world. Later on in John's gospel, in chapters 15 and 16, Jesus tells the disciples that the advocate is coming, and he outlines some of the functions of the Spirit. The Spirit will testify about me, will strengthen the disciples for the mission, will convince the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment, and will guide the disciples into all truth. And then after his resurrection, in John chapter 20, Jesus tells the disciples, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who was sent by Jesus makes us like Jesus, who was sent by the Father. It shouldn't be lost on us that the majority of what Jesus said to his disciples about the Spirit was not about fruit or gifts, but it was about continuing his mission. Now, I just want to be clear, the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit are important and vital to the life of the church. But when we only talk about these operations of the Spirit, we can forget the center around which they revolve. 
The Spirit was sent in order to send. Knowing what we carry transforms how we see the world around us and how we see ourselves in it. Suddenly, the normal moments of life are infused with the wonder of the greater story to which we belong. Our workplace, our neighborhoods, our favorite restaurants and coffee shops all become spheres in which we are commissioned into, filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. So go, go to work, go to dinner, go to the grocery store, and even go get your hair cut, carrying the very presence of Jesus in you and with you. And surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray these words today, understanding just a little bit more what they mean. Fill me. Send me. Open my eyes and heart to truly see those around me who were designed to know you, but do not. Open their ears to hear your invitation. Come. Draw them to yourself through your presence in your people. Amen. Continuing in a posture of prayer, invite the Holy Spirit to guide you and ask yourself these questions. One, what do I carry? And two, why do I carry it? This is for the awakening. This is awakening. The people of God filled with the Spirit of God sent into the world. The Spirit says, go to the church and come to the world. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm Anna Grace. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.